to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 153. Dar, there she blows! It's a game! A solo game! Hey, welcome back, Julius. It's been a little while. We've had some technical and non-technical difficulties. How you doing? <laughs> medical difficulties having to rush children off to urgent care things like that oh life gets in the way (laughs) yeah hopefully everybody's okay yeah everyone's fine we made it through minor stitches stuff like that well we are recording on a monday night it's a school night for me um i should go to bed early so let's not stay up too late let's not dabble let's jump straight into the news (laughs) i don't think we have a lot do you Albert, what kind of news the do you have? The only news I have is the one-player guild news. It was featured on the BGG weekly newsletter. Um, you know, BGG publishes a newsletter each week. If you subscribe to it, you'll, you'll get an email about posts to check out and guilds to go check out and stuff. And this week, or last week, the one-player guild was featured as the first-ever guild of the week, which is pretty exciting and unexpected. Yeah. When that came out, I was like, wait, what? I've never even <laughs> yeah, heard of this thing before. And, and we're, we're first? Wow. <laughs> I was like, that's neat. Yeah, and you know, it's amazing that in that day, the guild got about 100 new members pretty quickly. You know, we, really? we get five or ten people on the average day, somewhere in that range. Nice. <laughs> and it's almost like 100. Wow, that's neat. But yeah, so that's and you know that's it for news for me this week. Um, I know there's other stuff, games and stuff. Oh man, it's been such a hectic week. I haven't kept up with any of that, unfortunately. Hectic week and a half. <laughs> I hear you. Right. Um. So that being said, let's jump into the uh, the game of the show. Oh my gosh, my computer told me I only have 26 hours of recording left before I run out of hard drive space. I don't think we'll be up there that long because, you know, it's a school night and you have to get to bed <laughs> yeah, that's after right. all. Okay. <laughs> well, so today's yes. So Albert, I've been waiting for this one for a while. I will tell for you. For a whale? <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about <laughs> New Bedford. Um, this is a game I've had for quite a while. This is um, something I picked up on Kickstarter and I thought looked like a lot of fun with a really interesting theme, small compact box. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and get started on it, Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, Like I said, I've been wanting to talk about this game for a while, too, and I hadn't played it yet, but I wanted to play it just so I could talk about it. So so this game (laughs) is a game. What's this game about? It's a game about fishing. Wait, did you just say this game is a game? This game is a game. That's correct. Awesome. (laughs) But not just that. It's a game about fishing. It's a game about fishing in New England in the turn of the 19th century, 20th century. Even worse, it's a game about whaling. It's a game about whaling and, and town building, interestingly enough. <laughs> and yeah, it's basically it's it's about Moby Dick. Really it's what it is. Pretty much, right? It was <laughs> it was based on, on the story of Moby Dick in that setting. If, if, even if it doesn't reference Out of curiosity, Albert. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about this, the idea of the game is that you're going whaling. You're hunting the whales for their blubber literally boxing it up, killing the whales. And historically, this was a really bad thing for the environment because it nearly killed off all the whales. It was not a very uh, environmentally you know, efficient thing to do. Does that bother you at all in this theme? A tiny bit, but not too much. You know, I can, I okay. generally speaking, can get over negative themes and just play it and accept that it's a game and it's, it's a history lesson. 
Yeah. To me, it's more of a history lesson. I don't even consider it a negative theme because I'm not that motivated. Like, I don't feel like I'm the bad guy in the story. This is what they did at that time because they didn't have access to better things. They didn't know better things. It wasn't like they were doing something that could have even been considered evil at the time. This is what they needed to do to be able to survive, to be able to have the resources that they had at that point in time. And it wasn't a bad thing. It's not something we would do today, but it wasn't like there were people decrying it and saying this was an evil thing to be doing at the time. So it doesn't, it just doesn't strike me as a bad thing at all. And I don't personally have any bother with it. Although I have some, seen some people on the internet who have more of an issue with this particular theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're dead on right with that. It's, you know, 150 years ago, however long it was, I would have continued to say, Julius, want to go hunt some whales? We'll make some, Money from the blubber. And you'd probably say, ah, oh, that's a good idea. There's so many whales out there. Why not? No, I'd say I'm a horrible person out on the sea, so no, I'll pass. <laughs> right? Because we didn't know how many whales were out there. We just, you know, it's endless supply. Or so we must have imagined. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that, that was my great-great-grandfather and your great-great-grandfather. <laughs> right. But you're right. Now we know better. Now we know what a huge impact it could have and how quickly you could decimate that whale population so yeah nowadays it seems bad but again you're right it's just it's just a look at a history so that's briefly touching on the theme were there any other aspects of the theme you want to mention um no nothing comes to mind no the okay so let's okay. go on to the rules well actually actually that's an entirely the, the the game is also about city building right the it really is about whaling but the the box says Whaling and city building, or something like that, in in old New England. Um, and there is a component of city building, but honestly, the game feels like it's about whaling, and it's supposed to be about whaling. So to me, the city building feels tacked right, because on. Because you're all, the only type of buildings you're building are those that support yes, your whaling. Exactly. You know, you're not building a schoolhouse and a farmer, and you're building everything just to support the whaling. So it's yep, all about the whaling. Exactly. So even, even though they say it's about city building, it's about waiting. All right, so let's go on to the rules. The rules. Did we jump? Hey, where's the rules? Oh, the, oh. <laughs> the rules. We did theme before yeah. we did rules. Sorry about yeah. that. So, okay, so my impression of the rules, I found the rules were actually pretty well written. Uh, very clear, very concise. You know, I, I read through it. I had no trouble understanding the game. This was a game, actually, we, every time we talk about a game, I complain about how the solo rules are at the end. It didn't feel as bothersome here as in other rule books. It, it was, I don't know what it was, it was just, it was very clearly written. And it's not necessarily the game is that much easier okay. than another game to, to, to play. The rules are, you know, just as complex as most other games, but they were very easy to, to comprehend and intuit, at least for me. So I, I felt these were really well written rules. For, I mean, I was personally a little confused. By not by the regular rules, I was a little confused by the solo rules because the the way the solo rules work are you flip over one of the player boards and it has a track that you move one token around in, in a circle on this track and you figure out what action is to use by looking at the icon you're landing on and then going to the left of the board to consult the left to figure out what that icon means and then do something with it. It took me a bit to realize how that plays and how you're supposed to do that. It, it, I admit it, it is a little bit weird the way that 
the, the way the system works. Um, I guess from my point of view, I tend to go with, you know, especially when you're playing a game, what, what would hurt the player the most? Whatever would hurt the player the most is probably the way it's supposed to be. And so I kind of went with that. Okay. And and didn't worry too I much suppose. about the details. It's just a, it was not the easiest thing for me to figure out how to use it. I did figure it out, but it wasn't like the easiest rules to understand. I think that's just because maybe it's a different type of system that I'm used to for running a solo mode about how they worked it, that these icons can mean different things based on what actions are available and you have to run through a flow chart essentially. So it could just be that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the components of this game are really nice. Uh, all around the game just looks pretty, you know, you, you see the picture of the box and you say, wow, that, that looks neat and evocative. And I feel like a, a whaler and all that. And, and the components, you know, they fit perfectly. I think they match everything really nice. There's a couple interesting things they did for this. So you are building a town. So there's a central town with these notched areas in it. And you're supposed to orient the notches towards one player. And everyone is building this town, but you get your own corner you own, but everyone else can come to your buildings. If they come to your buildings, uh, they have to pay you. So the way they set this up so that everyone has access to the central town is to is to use this notched system. The art is really good. The t- tile quality for this is very good. Um but you end up with these rows and rows of buildings sort of just stretching out a certain way. Um, and I don't know. I thought that was an interesting and different choice to do it that way. It, it, I don't know. It's, I suppose it ends up not looking like symmetrical and, and orderly and tidy to me as they just sort of flow off because there's not like a space for everything. And it's quite easy to do it. To, to sort of mess it up. You kind of have to. I just don't think it ends up looking neat and tight. It, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I guess in a way that they're trying to make it look like the city is just expanding. And so in a way it's thematic. Right. And it's growing as it's becoming more successful financially because of the whaling. But honestly, when I played, I didn't even worry about trying to fit the tiles in there as I built buildings. <laughs> I just played them in front of myself. Oh, really? And that, that worked well enough. Yeah. Okay. Especially especially playing solo, there wasn't as much need to do that. I would just put because I had two characters, myself and the bot, I put my the tiles I've bought over my character sheet and the tiles the bot has bought over his sheet. Okay. I mean I hear what you're saying. That you could do that. I, I don't know, I suppose it just didn't feel it just didn't feel tidy to me. Because I didn't do that. I put it where it goes. <laughs> I follow the rules, Albert. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I wing it. I like what they did with it because the the method they use means that the whole thing stays compact and fits in the nice small box they used and is still available and clear in mechanic form. I just don't think it was like aesthetically pleasing to put on the table. Okay. But I yeah, thought all the graphic, I thought all the art yeah. was really nice. That much was true. Yep. The art is really nice. All the buildings are, are drawn in isometric style. Uh, each tile is unique looking. It has iconography telling you what the tile does, which is iconography and text. And it's not hard to decipher for most of them. Sometimes you can mm-hmm. reference the rule book. But and I love the wooded resources in it too. Um, it's so very 
point on theme, I suppose, is that the types of resources that you get access to are wood, brick, and ship's biscuits, or tack, or food, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they're shaped wooden resources, so the brick looks like a little brick, the wood looks sort of like a wood pile, and the biscuit looks like a little wood biscuit. Pizza! It looks like pizza, right. Uh, I mean, that's what the ship's biscuit looked like. I had no idea. I really thought it was some sort of weird pizza. No, no, that's what a ship's biscuit is. It's loaves of bread. It's the tack that they brought. It's a hard bread uh, that you got to chew on to settle your stomach, but it would last forever while they're on these long voyages. It's called ship's tack. Uh, Um, So that's what that is. And whenever I saw them, like, oh, that's really nice theme, really nice components. Those look really nice. They do. They really, really do. Those are nice. Player boards also look really nice. Um, what else? The there's also the whale tiles that go into your whale bag, whaling bag, the ocean. Those are are just very simple tiles with pictures of the whales um, on both sides. They, it's the same picture on either side. One of them has a border, the other doesn't. I don't see any reason for one side versus the other, other than aesthetics. Um, but they're they're nice and they're functional. And they're they're cute little tiles of pictures of whales. And and it brings the whaling bag, which is really cool. I thought that was a nice bag. It actually had a picture of the a silhouette of a whale on it. That was definitely a nice thing to have. Otherwise, provide your own bag. But no, bag comes in the ba- in mm-hmm. the box. And you know, in, in in this game, I think it pretty much had to because you're you're supposed to be drawing them out blindly. It, it would be kind of ridiculous to tell you to draw them blindly without providing a bag. Though Arkham Horror did do that, didn't they? They said, no, no, the bag is you know at the bottom of the box. We're just gonna call it a bag. <laughs> So maybe you could, but it, but it's it's. I'm glad they have it there. It's great. It's a great bag. Bag makes me happy. Any other comments about the resource about the components? The, we didn't talk about the the meeples and stuff. It brings two meeples for each player and two ships for each player. The they're nice. I like the sh- the way the ships look. The top half is white. The bottom half is associated with the player's color. So there's a a ship with a yellow bottom, a teal bottom. I, it was hard to figure out what you the like colors that? are, honestly. Um, oh, it was impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's a small... First of all, these are small meeples to begin with. But it's... On a small meeple, it's a small band of color... Along the bottom. For yep. the whole thing along the bottom. And it's mostly white. And from the top, you can't see anything. When I played, I usually laid those ships down on their side. So that you can at least see the band of color a little bit more prominently. But, oh, that's a good idea. No, I definitely think that was the wrong choice yeah. to do, to make it with just a small band of color. I would have preferred it to me. Oh, maybe put some sort of big icon on the ships, like have each color be its own icon and put the blue icon on the ship sails. Because I can understand, like, it's not going to have a blue sail, but maybe it has, like, a, a icon on the flag, like the, the faction icon on the flag or something like that. I, it, I really wish those ships <laughs> could have been more distinguished. To the effect that I've actually seen, I've never picked them up myself because I haven't I haven't wanted to invest that much into it. But there are more fancy type of ships that people can add to this. So like people will steal from their other ship taste board games those color ships and put them in. Like I've seen some people take their Seafall extra ships and put them in. Oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah, I I, I agree. Those ships they're hard to make out because, like you're saying. 
because the color's on the bottom and you don't see it half the time, depending on which way the ships are facing, line them down is a great idea. But it's so much fun when they're standing up in the ocean and you move them around. <laughs> so it's a bit of a compromise there. Uh, it would have been nice if the sails had been white or colored instead, like you said. Though that does seem a little unthematic again, because sails historically always been white. But it, it's an inconvenience, but it's really nitpicking. It's not that big a deal, I think. I don't think it was nitpicking because for me it was actually a major thing because it made it really hard to see which which ship token is yours. It was a relatively major inconvenience to me. Mm-hmm. Playing playing mostly just solo with one bot, I it wasn't an issue because I tend to just know which ship was which each time. You know, I, I knew that mine was farthest out, and because I had just placed mm. it, and it was easy to keep track of that because they don't they don't change order that much and that sort of thing. So it tended not to be an issue. Sometimes I did accidentally pick I mean, up the wrong ship saying. and have it on the track. And by the time he's halfway home, I realized I've got the wrong ship out there. And that would cause me trouble because now I pick up the ship and I say, wait a minute, this is not the ship I thought. And I have to, in my mind, try and make all those moves back, trying to figure out what happened. And then I could realize it a turn or two, I picked up the wrong one. And then, how many times did I actually not figure it out correctly? Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. So that that would be a bit of an issue, but it didn't bother me for the most part. I mean, it was inc- for me it was inconvenient. That's all. Um, the colors were weird though. <laughs> the the green and I think the teal and the black they're all kind of dark colors, and they didn't feel different enough. The yellow stood out, but the rest felt very similar. I think it wouldn't have been a problem if they had all had a nice icon or more mm-hmm. color. Like with the meeples, you can easily tell the difference between them. You just can't with the ships. Yep. That would have been a nice stretch go to, to do. Did, did this Kickstarter do really well? The Kickstarter did pretty okay. well, yes. I remember it being on and Kickstarter. I don't think it would have been a stretch goal. No? I don't think it would have required a stretch goal to add it, but I don't know. It's not. It's something I feel could have easily been added. Because this is already a screen printing. To make it only partially colored, that's already a screen printing. That's true. So yeah. it just would have required changing what the screen printing was. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's do it. Shall we? Or, or do we want to talk anything else about components? Uh, oh, you know what? There's one more thing about the components that's worth mentioning. The there's, We didn't really talk about the building tiles very much, but there are building tiles. And you, you're buying these buildings, and then once you've built them... You could use them for actions, or other people could pay you to use them for actions. There is one building that is missing in the box, but it is mentioned in the rulebook. And that building is actually specifically a, a solitaire-only building. You only use it if you're playing solo. So it's worth knowing. Easy enough to compensate for it. You know, just pick anything up if you want, and you know, a quarter, and use it as a placeholder for that building or something. I well, I think I, I only played with it once. With, I think what mm-hmm. happened with that is that. I mean, I don't remember what's in the original box, but at one point in time, there was a misprinting in the um, in the sent out boxes. The first set that I think that came out of the Kickstarter were misprinted, um, and you could ask for a new token sheet for the uh, uh, building tiles. Yeah. So, okay, I, I don't know the history. I know there's still a token sheet available. Um, for- for, and it's mainly for the expansion. I bought the game. I bought the expansion from them directly and asked them for the the sheet that they had. And it brought. Oh, let me think. It was four by four. It brought sixteen tiles. One of them was blank. One of them was for the base game. Fifteen were for the expansion. 
so so there may have been another another correction sheet before that. I don't know. I didn't think so, but I, I don't I don't really know. Um, if you were getting the game now, though, definitely you wouldn't need that correction sheet because it's just missing the one card. If you only have the base yeah, game, yeah, I don't think you do. And I think the extra, I think the solo building comes in the box at this point in time. I don't. From what I've read, they haven't really updated the printings. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, oh, really? When did I get my copy? I don't know. I, okay, it could about be about a year and a half, two years ago. I've had it for a while. Yeah, I've okay. had it for a while, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know. my understanding is they hadn't fixed it, but. Don't quote me on it. If if you get the game new and you find you're missing a building, don't fret. You could you could write to the publisher, which is who is it again? Greater than games, and they yes. will send you the tile sheet to to fix it. If it is just that building, here's my experience with it. I used it. I didn't really like it. I found it kind of confusing in solitaire game, so I just don't even worry about it. Honestly, having having now tried it, I wouldn't have bothered to replace it if that's if that's all I was missing. Um, so, so gameplay, Julius, what, uh, do you care to talk about the gameplay at all? All right. Talking about the gameplay. Uh, where's my notes? So in this game, essentially, um, it's a semi worker placement game with sort of two tracks. You'll have your workers and you'll be putting that during the action phase where you'll have that board we were talking about earlier where you're putting the buildings up and you'll put it on that board to take whatever actions printed there. Um, many of the actions will just let you get resources. Um, generally, if you're the first player to use an action, you get a better version of that action. And if you are the second person to go there, you get a worse version of the action. So for instance, if you go to the warehouse, you get one of your choice of any excuse me, one of your choice of in the resources. Otherwise, you just only can get brick. Um, similarly, if you're building, you can build at a discount if you're there first. Otherwise, you just have to build the full value. Um, after you've gone to, and some of those buildings, and like I said about that town hall, you can go there to build more buildings, add it on, and other people can theoretically go there. If they do, like you mentioned before, they have to pay you a silver to go there. Another type of action you can do on that main board is to send out your ships. When you send out your ships, you have to pay um, ships tack to be able to send them out farther because you're paying for them to go out farther on the, boat, on the track and they'll be able to harvest more whales for you over time. When you do that, you'll take one of your two ship tiles and place it on the board however far out that you're spending of them to go between one and six spaces out plus the free one that you get for just sending them out. After everyone has finished all the actions, we'll then go ahead and do um, the whaling phase. First thing that you move is you'll move your ships one step closer. If they move into ports, then they either have to pay for the whales or put them up for auction. After they finish moving their ships in, any ships that are still left at sea will whale. For each ship that's at sea, you draw a, a token out of the bag plus one. So if there's two boats out there, you draw three. And then everyone who's there, you get to line it up and pick however it is that you want to take those tiles out at that point in time. You'll want to try and get the more valuable whales generally. So being first out gives you an advantage to getting the higher value whales. After everyone's picked, we'll go through and we'll start the next round. You'll pass this nice big chunky wooden marker around to show the next player, and you'll keep going until you finish enough rounds and the game ends, with the round tracker being marked by a whale going on the same whaling board. 
in terms of how the gameplay plays through, um, the you have a very limited of actions each round, which is somewhat helped by the fact that there are a lot of rounds. I think there's about 12 rounds. So there's not a whole lot you're doing each turn, so you're not often blocked. And even when you're blocked for a short amount of time, you can usually go to one of those places and get a slightly worse option. But you're clearing off that wailing board very quickly, and unlike in most worker placement games, it's not possible for you to get any extra workers. Uh, which felt a little bit different. A couple times I'm like, I want to be able to do more stuff this round because I'm just not going to go whaling because I haven't had enough time to build up to be able to go do that. Um, the whaling, the whole aspect of whaling is really interesting. For me, I thought it was interesting because as you're doing it more and more, so there's going to be only left these empty seas in the bag, which is thematic to the time as they start to realize that they're killing the whales and need to stop this, or just it wasn't profitable anymore. So the the whales are dying off and you're not going to be able to harvest any more of the whales. So it becomes a very difficult thing. Like I have to spend more to be able to stay profitable or I have to give up and just focus on building tiles and other methods of earning my points towards the end of the game. So in that way, it's, it's trying to punish you for waiting too long to be able to take full advantage of those closer whales that you have. But on the other time, on the other hand, you want to build up enough resources to do the big pushes to get your whales out really far, to get your ships out really far, because that's the most efficient method of using your ships. If you're not using your ships efficiently, then you're just wasting the resources. So you want to spend a whole lot of of ships tack of food to send them out very far. And there's a couple ships that there's a couple uh, uh, buildings rather that really help with that. Like they have the amount of food that you have to do to do ships, so they make uh, rebuilding new ships even cheaper. And those. I found at least those spots become extremely valuable because nobody wants to keep launching ships. You want to be able to launch a ship six spaces out for only three, mm-hmm. for example, which is the wharf. And it's just an, an excellent thing to be able to do. Yep. Th- those spaces really do save you, save you uh, some actions basically. Like, like if you're only having how harvest food once, cause you could use your food more efficiently. You just save yourself a, a worker to do something else with. Or, or if you use that mm-hmm. one building that uh, lets you uh, prepare the ship and launch it in the same action, that again, you're saving a whole action right there. It's fantastic. And those really make a big difference. Some of the other ones, they're so nice. But, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, right. Some of them are, are really hotly contested, and other ones I didn't feel were as hotly contested, but that means that you have the ability to start trying to build an engine using those ones. Like it's very possible to start building an engine of using the wood and the brick to build a lot of buildings and get a lot of points that way. If everyone's chasing after the whales, you can definitely win by doing a lot of the building stuff. Okay. And vice versa. So it definitely varies in what's, you know, what's hotly contested and what it is that you want to be pushing towards. Um, one issue I had with the gameplay and really that I had with the setup is that because there's so many tiles, there's actually like a list of which tiles you're supposed to use and what player count. Now that Albert, who I think has only ever played this solo, probably doesn't have that problem because then for you, 
all the two plus and three plus, all, excuse me, all the three plus tiles for Albert just stay in the box and never come out. I have a little bit more variance in my game setup. In mm-hmm. which case, yeah, basically what I did is I put everything in a me. Ziploc bag if it said three plus, and the ones that are not three plus are in the box, so I could get those. And if I ever play a three player game, well, I'll open the Ziploc bag and pull those out. But I mean, it's not even that simple because. In order to set up the game, you have to first pull out four victory point buildings and then no more. And then you also have to pull out a certain amount of other buildings from either the two-player or the three-player or the fourth or the fifth-player ones. And you know you have to sort of sort all them out and then randomize them up and then do it again. If they would have put some sort of icon on those buildings to make it easier to sort, to make it easier to select... That would have been very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And there's room on the tiles for oh, such yeah. an icon. A, a small one in the corner or two or, you know, three plus in the corner, whatever number it is. Uh, I mean, I would have put a building. I would have put a building on one side with like a one, two or three or a building with like VP on it because to show that you take from the VPs because you have to choose four from the VPs yeah. also. The, those are easy to spot because so, they have a different border. They do have the gold but border, but even then, done something with the rest too. you have to understand what you're doing with them and how you, and yeah. what that means. It could have had a consistent icon across all of that. Yeah, 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 definitely. But it means that setup's a little bit of a bear to be able to mess with all that and sort it all out and then redo it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When their official fix was just print off a one-page sheet that you just have to refer to. A little bit of an oversight. Otherwise, I really liked the tension. I liked how the worker placement type go. I, it, it creates a lot of tension, and it still means that you can pivot from strategy to strategy if your particular strategy isn't necessarily working the best, but still creates a lot of tension when you're trying to race for hotly contested locations. Yeah. Now, you're talking a lot more about the multiplayer game, or, or my experience is mostly solitaire. Uh, did you find the same issue that I found that if you start waiting earlier, you sort of get punished because the first person to go out whaling, his ship is going to start coming in sooner. And then the next person to launch is going to launch farther that out than him. So by going first, you had a smaller selection of whales out there. Now that another person comes along, puts your ship out farther. And because the number of whale tiles is based on the number of player of number of ships out in the ocean, you, you're, that person that came out second has a better has an advantage. And to, for me, it felt really like it made a big difference. Like I almost didn't want to go whaling because I'd rather wait to somebody else. So the AI did it. I mean, the fact that you're sending out earlier means that you had a turn or two where it was entirely uncontested. Mm-hmm. That and is, you also yeah. still have the ability to send out your second ship. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. In, in which case you can get in front of them. And that it wasn't way. contested, but the the because of the way the bag is mixed up, chances are you're just going to get small whales anyway. But when you have four yeah. ships out there, your likelihood of drawing a, a more profitable or much better, and it's always going to go to whoever is farthest out. So you you, you know, in that True. sense, I kind of want to wait so that I get a better chance of getting the big whales. But I guess you're right. I mean, it balances out. I could go early and get a few small whales. Or wait and get a couple a big whale or two. I'm trying to think if I really had noticed no. it. Um, I don't think that's a strategy aspect that necessarily appeared to me, because I feel like I spent a lot of time sort of flip flopping in that. Okay. And contesting well, it, so I don't really know which way it I is. I think it's this bigger issue with a low player count. Yeah. 
I don't think what you're saying. I'm not sure if that's necessarily like a faulty strategy or something like that. I don't think it's necessarily overly punishing, but you're saying if there's only two, so three are going to come out. So that means that the player who went first for the next five turns is going to be able to have access to that. But they would also have needed to spend like six ships tech to get all of that that many times just to contest you on it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you've played this game more than I have, so you end with a wider range of player counts. So you have a better sense. Maybe it is just an issue with two players. Maybe it's not an issue and I just hadn't explored it enough yet. Or I'm too focused on that one it strategy hasn't... and just haven't branched out. It may be. It's not something that I've noticed. I hear what you're saying. I mean, mathematically, it's true. Um, it's just not something that I've noticed before or thought about before. But as I think about it more and more, I mean, I'm hearing it, and I'm trying to think of an easy way to defeat the strategy other than, well, send out your second ship. But then, mm-hmm. theoretically, he can also just send out his second ship in two-player. Hmm. Yeah. Other than solo, I've not played it a lot in two-player. Um, the solo mode essentially is just mimicking another player, so there's no real difference, and so that counts as two-player. Mm-hmm. And then he's not trying to directly like defeat your actions. He's going to just send out a ship for whatever it is that he can do. So you could get ahead of him like that, so you won't have to necessarily take the worst one. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and I will confess here, I seem to have made a mistake in the rule. You mentioned that the number of wheels that come out is one more than the number of players. Uh, or number of ships. I was doing exactly how many ships are out. If there's one ship, there's one wheel available. If there's three ships, there's three wheels available. There's a nice picture of that in the rule book too. <laughs> <laughs> because there are two ships on the whaling track, three tokens are drawn from the ocean bag <laughs> yeah. and placed beside well, the track. Well, and, and so so doing it my way definitely makes it more unfair for the early person. Because if you know before there's two for my one ship, I've got you know something these things come out. But if there's one ton, one ship, you're stuck with whatever it is that comes out. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works, though. Yeah, I have to try it again. Yeah, get get back to me. Let me okay. know. <laughs> Maybe we'll follow up on this in a bit. All right. Um, anything else about the game? I, I do really like that gameplay the, of the uh, whaling. I love how that works, e- even though I found it a little weird because of the way I was playing it. I really enjoy the idea of going out and... Finding whales as you come back. And finding other players on that track for the whales and how you're, how you're interacting with other players is interesting. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of choices in there, like when you go out and how far you go out because of the positioning that you want to get the best position and, and there's different choices. And you know, what's, what is the right best position and what isn't? It, it isn't always a clear Yeah, I'm thinking answer. about it more. I'm thinking about the strategy point you had a bit more. Like... When I got those big whales, those big whales are expensive. When you return a ship, you have to pay the lay of the ship. So you have to pay to turn the whale into blubber. Mm-hmm. And that means that the more expensive ones are worth still more lay. So if you're getting the sperm whales, instead of paying, you have to pay half their value towards the lay. You have to pay half their value towards paying for their cost. And very often I was finding like the big ones, I couldn't afford to do a big one and a small one. I had to sell the big one in order to do the small ones. 
And I don't know if that would have been the same. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, I don't think I ever would have said, hey, I want a, a small whale instead of a big whale. But I don't think it was ever sad getting a small whale instead. Hmm. Okay. I get, yeah, that's interesting. I guess I would have just gone for the big whale every time, even knowing I'm going to sell it. I'm still getting more money for the big whale than I yeah, do. Yeah, no, no, no. Whale. You definitely go for the small whale every time. I'm just trying to think, like, how much worse off are you being forced to take the small one. I'm still just thinking about this, this strategy. Like this is, this is not an insight in the strategy that I had previously discussed or thought about. And I'm just thinking about it. Now. Mm, okay. <laughs> and I should probably move on and try and think about it. Uh, when I'm sitting down actually playing the game. All right. Well, you have to get back to me too then. <laughs> I'll compare notes. All right. Sorry for interrupting you. So talk, let's talk about the solo. Yeah. All right. So the solo game, you already mentioned, it's basically the same as the multiplayer game. So it's against, playing against a human you're playing against a bot so you're setting up for two and, and there's the back of each player board has a bot and each bot is different um so you could play against three bots if you want right there's a there's a bot that likes buildings there's a bot that likes whaling there's a i forget what the other bot likes and then there's a crazy ahab and, so, and they each feel different and they each play a little differently because they have the way they work, they have a wheel of actions, and you'll roll a die to see what action they take next on that wheel. It's, it's a rondelle, and each one has a different rondelle, and different special actions also for, for what he does, and different ways of how he launches ships and so on, which is pretty darn neat. But a lot of those actions did repeat very often. They too. They did repeat, and the way they did it, though, was really neat because basically... Because they repeat, and because of the way the rondelle works, you roll a die, but it's a d, it's a d six, but the sides are, was it one 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 two two and three, so you know he's yeah, probably going to roll a one, but he could roll a two, and there's an off chance he'll roll a three, so you, you kind of know which action she's going to take next. You have a good idea for it, and like any multiplayer worker placement game, you have an idea what the other person wants to do because of their strategy, and you you know that. You know, you're playing a Grickle against somebody, you know, oh, he probably really wants to take those cows, so maybe I should take the cows now before he does, and, and that sort of thing. And, and because of the way the rondelle works, it has that same sort of feel where you, you know what he wants to do, so you, you know you should go to that building first, or maybe you could save it for later. And and again, because the die roll is, is a way to die, um, usually you're probably going to plan correctly. Sometimes you didn't uh, you didn't plan correctly, and you know what you thought the guy was going to do is not what he did. And I think that worked really neat. I think it's a really neat system. Yeah, I agree. It was a it was a nice system. I think it worked well. It meant that you could somewhat predict what it is that he's going to do. It made sure that everyone works independently because you're not having to actually deal with resources and everything for the solo character. It meant that it was easy to play for the solo character. So it was fast turns and easy to understand and easy to move through it, which are all the things that we always look for in a solo game. And I think they did a very good job implementing this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, one, one problem I had with it was because it was so easy and went so fast... I sometimes would forget to put his worker on the action that he was doing. And then I would go and take that action and forget that it was at a reduced benefit. <laughs> then, it, then at the end of the turn, I'm saying, oh, wait a minute. His workers aren't on the board. And I'd have realized that the turns I did were not quite as great as I thought they had been. <laughs> but, I mean, I really, I really, really like it. I think it's a pretty darn clever system. 
I think, I mean, it's, it's a fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, the, the advantage of this kind of worker placement game is it's not a very heavy worker placement game with a lot of different types of actions. It's really get resources, build, build, and go whaling. And because there's not a whole lot of different things you could do, it's not a heavy, deep game. It's easier to program a solo bot to be able to do those things, which means that a simple bot like the one we have on here can be implemented well. Mm-hmm. And the four bots really they, they feel really different. They one of them mm-hmm. likes to build buildings more, and and you can see it, and it works for him. One likes to go whaling, and he does more whaling than the other ones, and it it works well for him. It makes it a, a tough opponent if you're trying to be a, a whaler versus a builder. Um, so I found that I found that interesting. Yep, yep. I was happy with it. Definitely. Well, I was happy with it, except it, it won more often than I would like. I was unhappy with that. So what any final thoughts you have, Albert? Um, or are we up to this miscellaneous section, actually? Sorry. Yeah, let's do the miscellaneous, miscellaneous and then say the final thoughts. So there's actually a couple expansions for this game, right? There's actually an expansion, a full expansion that comes in a box, and there's a mini expansion. Um, right? The mini, the mini expansion is called the White Whale. And all this is is four new tiles to go in for. One of them is a white whale. I think one is a blue whale. And then there's two other tiles. I figure out what they are. Have you have you played with these at all, Julius? No, I don't have. No, that. okay. The the one of the tiles is a a castaway, somebody that you found out in the ocean, floating in the water or something. I guess I don't know. And you rescue him, so you would pick him up instead of a whale. And when you get back to port, you immediately place him on any building and take an action for free. So it'll give you a third action on one turn, is what that one does. The other one, I forget what it, it's called. I'm not sure what it is. Some sort of something that you're going to find on the ocean that you can basically turn in for free cash. Um, so it's it's like a whale. You're going to get money from it, not but not 50 points. Um, and that was it. I didn't mm-hmm. like the white whale itself so much. I didn't find like that Moby Dick tile, I guess. Um, really? I thought you would have loved the Moby Dick tile. I, I loved the idea of them, and when I tried them, <laughs> you could, you could, if you take Moby Dick, you, you get him and you score him immediately. You don't have to pay for him, but he does sink your ship and your ship is out for the rest of the game. So you're down to one ship now. <laughs> um, which I don't mind that part. It's thematic. But if he shows up and you're close to shore and, and you know, you, you want him, but you know you're going to lose a bunch of other whales that you've caught already, you end up leaving him behind. And, you know, it's automatic. It actually adds to the choice, but I find it a little frustrating having to make the choice. <laughs> I just like this expansion because it gives me more choices. Could you believe that? No, actually, oh, oh, no, it's a good expansion. I like that main expansion. Yeah, so Rising Tide is a, an interesting expansion. That one is a it's a modular expansion. It brings three different modules. It brings new buildings. It brings an expansion called the Ship's Log, a module called the Ship's Log. And it brings fifth player components. The fifth player components doesn't really help out in the solo game much. It's um, it's just a new board right. <laughs> and some, a new pawns. I mean, it actually it does help in that if you want to play against three bots, against four bots, you could do that now because you'd be the fifth player. Um, yeah, no. I have not done more than one bot. I have not done a solo game with two opponents. You could definitely do that, but yeah, just, no, I don't, I don't feel any need to do that. And there, it's not that hard, honestly. It would be easy enough. I just, I don't know. 
2 was nice and simple and I enjoyed that. Um, and I still felt a lot of challenging choices and whatnot. But so that's that's the fifth player. The new building tiles, the rising tide, brings a bunch of new buildings. I think it's something... Uh, I, d I don't really know the number. I'm going to say 20, 25, maybe 30 buildings. Um, some of them are going to be for the two-player game. Some you need three or four players. Uh, I think a few of the buildings are only for a five-player game. And just like in the base game, some of the buildings are victory point buildings and some are action buildings. If you're going to mix this in expansion, there's a couple different ways to do it, they suggest. One of them is to take some from the expansion, some from the base game, just randomly, or just go crazy, mix it all up, whatever. I really like this expansion because if you play just the base game, you always have the same exact buildings. And right. you know, we already mentioned some of the buildings are just not that much fun. Some are more fun. This mixes it up totally. You don't know what buildings you're going to get from one game to the next. Maybe some of those boring ones go away. Or maybe some new ones come away and take away the really popular ones. And now you have to totally rethink your strategy and probably start taking advantage of some of those buildings that you've ignored in the past. So they are interesting. Uh, a few of the new buildings I found were a little bit too quirky to, to be fun for me. But, but you know, you got more choice. And that's always good, I think. Um, even though I mean, I like having the additional the randomness from the extra buildings. And so I think it's kind of a requirement. I wish that it meant that it came with a bigger box because it's a very tight fit doing it in a single it, box. It, it does all fit. I've, I've got it all in there, and most yeah. of my components are bagged and everything, um, but it still fits. Yeah, I've got the but same. you're right, it is very, very tight. Um, the ship's log expansion or, or module, I guess, I haven't really used that one. I'm not as tempted by it. it when And I've, I've looked online, I've read reviews about it, and they're not – they don't seem to like it generally. People seem to not enjoy it as much. When you go whaling, you have these extra cards out, and you can choose to take the cards instead of the whale, you know, with the idea that it gives you more choices. But I, I just haven't tried it personally. I've, it didn't look as fun to me. And there's more components to deal with, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you do get the Rising Tide expansion, you definitely want to contact uh, Greater Than Games and get the correction sheets. And they will send that free of cost. Like I said, it has 14 tiles that are from the expansion that have corrections. Some of the, you know, I went through and I looked at all the different tiles that are corrected. Some of them are just grammar. There's a case where on one tile, in the front of the tile, they spelled a word with an E, and the back they spelled it with an A, something like that. Um, but otherwise, it's exactly the same, made no difference. Other tiles had, had errors that completely changed, not necessarily the way the tile worked, but maybe the cost or, or the strength of its action. Um, I'd say about half the tiles are worth, re you know, I'm glad they replaced it because there are issues with them. The other half were just minor, minor typos, you know, and I actually had to spend, in some cases, I had to sit there and look at the tile look at the two tiles and stare at them for a minute or two trying to figure out why the difference is because I couldn't see there's a typo. You know, and I'd, I'd go you work. You spent a lot more time on it than I did. <laughs> I did, yeah. And I, I really wanted to know because I wanted to let the listeners know. <laughs> but yeah, Dedication. That, that was my experiences with the Rising Tide. You, you also had this one. What did you think of it? Um, I mostly got it for the additional variants and buildings. I've tried with the ship's log stuff a bit. But mostly, I mean, it adds a bit more randomness and a little bit more variance, the type of things you can do. But it 
it's it's just not what I'm usually trying to look for because it adds just an extra whole different type of thing to what you're doing. And I prefer the focused tightness that the game has without it, but I definitely think it's a nice option to have. I just really wanted the expansion for the extra tiles because otherwise it's the exact same game every time. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Have you tried the fifth player option? Oh no, I've never gotten high enough to get a fifth player. Okay. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that I would want to play with five people. I think it would slow down a lot. Um, an interesting thing that happens uh-huh. is it doesn't, it doesn't, um, the number of whales in the ocean is tied directly to the number of players. Um, I forget the exact kind of tiles, but it's each player adds the same number it goes of through uh, and it tells right you, whales yes. and, and whatnot. The fifth player doesn't add any more whales to the ocean. So the, the number of whales is more limited. The ocean is going to dry up quicker. And I found that interesting. But there, it compensates other ways. Oh, I didn't worry about it too much. You know, again, I was going to play solo. But it is worth mentioning that. Of the two expansions, I mean, I'm glad I got both. I definitely. The, the White Whale promo, I got directly from them. That's where I could find it. I don't know that you could find it anywhere else. I think it was like five bucks. How much is the other expansion? I think the other expansion was twenty, maybe twenty-five. So if you're looking for the two, if you're looking for the two in retail, they're both currently available. Miniature Market, New Bedford is twenty-eight, and the expansion is fourteen. That's not bad, yeah. And if you get them from for uh, from Greater Than Games or or the from the local game store, the retail price is forty dollars for New Bedford, twenty for the expansion for Rising Tide, and four ninety-five for the White Whale. So not bad. I would. I, I think it's worth it, that price. I think it's a pretty good game. I enjoy the worker placement of it, and I like it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Same for me. Alrighty, Albert. Thank you very much for joining us. Yep. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.